The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to You're Gonna Love Me, the podcast where we open the eyes, the ears, and the hearts of anyone who has judged or been judged. Well, hopefully. I'm your host, Katie Maloney. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to an all new episode of You're Gonna Love Me. It's me, Katie, obviously. But today I have a guest with me and she is a, I mean, a fashion icon. She's a mother. She is a host of a podcast here at Dear Media called Being Bumo. So I always say yep, Bumo. Bumo. I love it. I have Chriselle Lim. Hi. Hi. I am so happy to be here. Thank you so much. So I've actually been following you on the gram for a really long time. Oh. Like a re- probably almost a decade or well, close to that, before, way before any babies or anything. So yeah. I feel like I've like watched you like go through my many go, life stages. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, honestly. I mean, that's what's fun about social media. You can you know, be following someone's life. I mean, it's kind of creepy in a way. I mean, it's totally normal now. It's, it's normal. Yeah. yeah it's but, become the norm. Yeah. But I mean, I, it's it's kind of the same for me on this on the show that I'm on, that people like, watch me grow up or watch me through life stages as mm-hmm. well in just on TV. Yeah. But it's different. I mean, I'm excited to be here. I love your podcast. I think what you stand for, what you talk about is like things that all women need to hear. So... I'm excited to just like get into it with you. Thank you. I appreciate that. You've had a crazy, crazy transformative year mm-hmm. that I also very much relate to. I listened to one of your recent podcasts and you described yourself as a phoenix rising from the ashes, which I just love that entire metaphor. Or like Khaleesi in Game of Thrones <laughs> yes. where she burns but she still rises you know mother of dragons you, you're a mother of little dragons as well so for everyone that doesn't know you as of last year or a year from now you've been separated but now going through mm-hmm. divorce I mean but you're like thriving and you yeah. look great I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but so okay not to open up all the wounds. I don't want to, we don't need to go there. But what's the biggest thing that you've learned? I think the biggest thing that I've learned through this entire process, and I think you and I were kind of touching upon this before, I think before women actually get to the conclusion that they want a separation or a divorce, they've actually processed it for a very long time before actually taking the actual steps to do so. And so... When I actually made the steps, which was, or decided to take the steps, which was April, 2021 of last year on my birthday, I was so terrified and so scared Mm -hmm. because I'm the type of person that will not rock the boat. If I could keep everyone in a shitty boat and not have to rock it, I'll do that because (laughs) it's just comfortable for everyone. I want to make everyone happy. I'm a people pleaser. I I, I don't like to offend anyone. That's just always been my nature. And so when I got to that place and I, I knew I had to make that decision, I've never felt so scared in my life. And still to this day, it's probably one of the scariest things that I've ever done. And it's not because I thought like he was going to lash out on me. He, you know, he, he, we're civil, right? Like we're grown human beings, but it was just me facing myself for the first time ever in my life. And that was the scariest part. So it was never really about the other person. It was always about me facing myself for the first time and how unhappy I was. Oh my God. I have like goosebumps when you said that, because that's, yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. And that is the scariest thing for most people. It's you've already been in a shitty place. You've you've (laughs) been in a dark place for the past few years for me for many, many years. So I've already gone through that. So it was the actual facing of reality, right? Because I think for the past few years, I was trying to cover up my reality. I was trying to kind of live this life and portray this life online 
that wasn't really truly my life. Not saying that I didn't have good moments. I had wonderful moments. We had kids. We we had wonderful outings together. Th- those were all real moments. But I think overall in general with who I was and where I needed to be, I was trying to cover all of that up with, you know, social media posts and just like this happy face and glamorous outfits and all of that. So on April, 2021, when I had to make that decision, it, it was terrifying. But I think a lot of people can relate to that. It's always terrifying only because you have to actually face yourself. And then it becomes real. And it becomes real. And, and you're almost scared that once it becomes real, then it becomes sad. You know, you don't, you don't want it to be real. Yeah. Because, you know, it, it, you were in a relationship for like 13 years, was it? Or Yes, yeah, so I was married for a little over eight years and in a relationship total for 13 years. And that's what's hard because it's it's pretty much the bulk of your entire adult life. Yeah. And it's like waking up one day and being like, I'm just not the same person I was when I was in my, you know, early 20s. And yeah, I mean, that's one of my biggest advice now is not say, I have plenty of friends that got married in their 20s that are still together. So I'm not saying that never say never, this would, this would never happen. But I am saying that if you can get married later on in your life, like in your thirties and not saying that even if you get married in your thirties, everything will be perfect. It's not that either. (laughs) Right. But I think you just learn so much about yourself in your twenties. You're still figuring it out. I was still figuring it out. Right. Oh yeah. In my thirties, early thirties, I'm now 37. I was still figuring it out. And I I think it takes a certain maturity and confidence to really know who you truly are and age and just time. And so I always, at least for me with my girls, I have two young girls who are three and seven. I'm just teaching them like date as much as you can, Mm -hmm. wait as long as you can, which is kind of the opposite of how I was raised, right? It's like, don't date many people. I'm Korean American, first generation. So my parents are like, don't be a hoe, don't date, (laughs) stay with one man, don't live with him until you get married. And I'm not, I love my parents. They are the most amazing parents, but times have changed. And Mm -hmm. I'm literally telling my kids the opposite things now. But yeah, because you got to find out what you like and what you don't like, but mostly like what you really do like. Yeah. I th- and I you don't really know that until no, you go through it. I'm so I'm surprised how much I'm still learning about myself even now mm. and how much growing I'm doing in 36, you know? So it's it's it, it's inevitable that we're going to keep changing and growing and it's 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 hard to guarantee that you're not going to want yeah, <laughs> want new things or, you know, want to keep learning. How long were you married for? For five and a half years oh, okay. almost and together for 12 years. Oh, wow. So from the time I was 24 and it's just, you know, and, and we grew, I feel like we grew together a lot, mm. but then I definitely felt like, and it's hard to pinpoint right. when you start to, you know, to drift. But I, I definitely relate to that of, of spending years trying to just be in denial and keep your head in the sand about things and maybe trick yourself into thinking that things aren't real. Yeah. Did you did you have a moment where you're just like, was was there a tipping point? Someone said to me recently, it's like breaking concrete. It's not the thousandth crack that breaks yeah. it. It's the 999. Yeah. That no, I love that analogy. That. No, it's good. <laughs> it's really, really good. I mean, I think women just in general, at least the women that I know, they don't like to give up on things. They don't want to throw in the towel, especially after you've made such a big commitment, Mm -hmm. probably one of the most important commitments and promises you've ever made in your life, which is a union of two people, which is marriage, right? Yeah. No one ever gets married to get divorced. I know that for a fact, okay? No one wants to get divorced. No one wants to. So it's not like, okay, let me try this out and see if it works out. No, you go in it thinking that it's going to work out, right? When things start to surface, most people that I know, if not all, they will, it's not that they don't see the red flags. It's not that they don't see the problems, but not enough for them to be like, okay, no, this is not happening. You got to keep trying and trying and trying. And no matter how hard you try, if things just don't work out, there comes a point where, for me at least, 
with the women that I know and myself included, you start diminishing yourself because you want it to work. So you're putting your marriage and everything before you and you just lose sight of who you are and your wants and your needs just become invisible. They're, they're not even there anymore. And at the end of it, for me, I became a shell of a human. Like I didn't even know who I was. My friends didn't know who I was. Like my friends couldn't even see me at the time. And so it, you are right. It, it takes many different cracks until like the last crack and it just like all falls apart, right? Yeah. So it's not just one big punch. It's like several little cracks that eventually led to to this so all right time for a break this year's mtv movie and tv awards is the biggest night to be a fan on sunday june 5th it's two back-to-back shows celebrating everything fans love from scripted to unscripted it's all of popcorn culture Starting at 8 p.m., Vanessa Hudgens is hosting the MTV Movie and TV Awards, featuring appearances by Sydney Sweeney, Chris Evans, Billy Eichner, Aquafina, Jack Black, and more with DJ Snoopadelic spinning all night long. Then host Tasia Adams is keeping things real at the Unscripted Awards, featuring appearances by Nicole Richie, Nick Vile, my friends James Kennedy, Tom Sandoval, and Ariana Maddox from Vanderpump Rules, Selling Sunsets, Chriselle and Emma, Lindsay and Paige from Summer House, the cast of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Melissa and Teresa from Real Housewives of New Jersey, and more. With unforgettable sneak peeks at the Real Housewives, Ultimate Girls Trips, and Selling the O.C., It all starts with the MTV Movie and TV Awards this Sunday, 8, 7 Central on MTV. All right, let's get back to the podcast. What's up, everyone? I'm Sheena Shea. You may know me from nine seasons of Bravo's Vanderpump Rules, but I'm here to tell you about my podcast called Shenanigans. We talk about everything from reality TV, pop culture, relationships, parenting, and invite you to join the conversations with Q&A sessions where nothing is off the table. There's so much more I want to share with you. Thanks for listening and make sure to subscribe to Shenanigans to stay up to date with new episodes every Friday. Just like waking up and realizing like, holy shit, I am just not happy. Yeah. Because I have not been prioritizing that. Yeah. How about you? It's exactly what you're saying. Like, it was just kind of like, I haven't been happy. And why is that? Oh, it's because I've been prioritizing the needs of another person and the issues that are happening yeah. within this marriage that have not been resolved because yeah. I can't resolve them on my own. Yeah. And if this person isn't going to recognize the contributions that they're making, then what is there? Yeah. What is there left to do? Because yeah, as women, we, we, we don't want to give up. We don't want to fail at things. We want to know that we did everything we could. We rode it to the wheels, literally fell off. Yeah. And that was the goal. So of course, you know, you, you worry that, you know, did I do everything I could? I didn't want to ever have to ask myself that. Yeah. And I don't know. Did, did you ever fear that people would think, did you try? Did you try everything? Yeah. (laughs) I have to admit, I was one of those people before, right? Because Mm -hmm. I just didn't know anyone around me that got divorced. Like I just didn't know. I didn't grow up in a divorced family. Maybe I knew from a distant one person who got divorced. So I was one of those people that questioned people that got divorced. Like, did you actually try though? They probably didn't try hard enough. Like, and so when I was in that situation and I was getting those questions, I almost understood them why they were saying those things. Because from the outside, it's easy to judge. I was one of those people. Mm -hmm. But when you're in it and you know that, you gave it your all and you know that you tried so freaking hard and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to anybody else if if they think that you didn't try hard enough. I cared a lot in the beginning what other people thought, but I went through a lot of therapy to come to a realization that if that's how they think of me, that's how they think of me. And they're probably better off like not really being in my lives during this time anyways. And so I ended up not really sharing a whole lot about my divorce or my separation early on because 
I knew that I was going to get a lot of judgment from people naturally, which I understand. And so I just kept it within my inner circle. So when I actually came out and made that announcement, people were shocked because they're like, what the heck? When did this happen? <sighs> but it's because I kept it under covers for a very, very long time because I knew that I was subject to judgment. Yeah. And I just wanted to have just like a place for me to not worry about what other people thought. And so the only people that really knew was my inner circle, like my family, my best friends, my sister. And that's really it. The opinions of people that you probably actually value and, yeah. and, and trust. And, yeah. yeah, and that trusted me and that knew that I was making the right decision and that would support me. Because at the end of the day, I knew I was making the right decision. I needed to make that decision. Whereas even with other people that cared about me, that might not know the inner workings of my my marriage, they might even have their own opinions. So, yeah. and it's not that because they don't <laughs> want to support you, That that's just all they know, right? Mm-hmm. So even with people that I knew that I trusted, I kind of kept it away from them. So I only told it to people that I absolutely like knew that would support me because I already made my decision at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I feel that I remember not even wanting to tell anyone about it because I, I didn't want to be influenced by anyone, even people that I love and trust. I just didn't want to let them into like what I was thinking and feeling until I really could understand those feelings. Yeah. Because I could, I'm definitely the type that could be influenced, especially, especially because it is such a vulnerable place to be in, you know? I mean, it's the most vulnerable. You're, you're like the most, just like in a, in a state of just rawness and openness and your, your skin is so tender at that point. Like, Mm. I just remember the first few months just being so affected by words and like triggered by like anything that like would slightly remind me of a moment in time and everything I knew at that point, like I had to surround myself with people that will really nourish me, that would really support me because I was so sensitive and so, I I was so emotional, right? Yeah. As most people are during that time. So, What scared you the most about like the next steps? I think the scariest part was really, truly not knowing what was going to happen because I slightly type A, not fully. I have <laughs> friends that are very, very type A, but I'm slightly type A. And I'm the type of person that has planned out my one year, my three year, my five year, my 10 year plan. And so I always prided myself on being very exact with the, my plan mm-hmm. and going according to plan up until this year. And so this, or sorry, last year, up until last year. And last year it threw my entire plan off where all the planning that I've done of what I thought I was going to do, where I was going to go, what like, you know, we just, we bought our second home and, you know, we were just like building our future. Like I was figuring out what the future would look like for us. Right. And all that was thrown out the window, you know, and that really just scared me because all of a sudden I would wake up. I remember waking up being like, I don't know what I'm doing today. Yet alone, I don't know what I'm doing in a week. I don't know where I'm going to be in a week. I don't know where I'm going to be in a month. I was staying like at an Airbnb rental at the time. Like I literally had no clue where my life, how my life was going to unfold. And that was the scariest part for me. But now looking back on it, it was the biggest gift for me because it was almost like God was trying to like teach me or tell me just live present. Like all you need is what you have in front of you. And that's all you need. And everything will unfold itself and everything will always work out the way it should have worked out. But I've never lived my life that way. So for the first time ever, I was like, I have no control over this. I am just going to figure it out as I go. So tomorrow I'll figure out what my day looks like. I mean, I was to the extreme where I did not know what I was going to, I was like not even working during that time because I was so depressed. And, you know, I had the luxury to, because I run my own business. I was very, very fortunate to be able to be like, I'm not going to work for like the next few months. And so, so yeah, that was the scariest part, but it was the biggest gift because I kind of live my life more that way. I I have a little bit more structure back again, which makes me very happy. (laughs) (laughs) But now I I, I, I've just seen the beauty of being and living in the present 
versus being so stuck upon the future. And when you're so stuck on the future, it's hard for you to be present with anything because you're so obsessed with your goals and what you want to achieve and X, Y, and Z that you can't even enjoy what's in front of you. Yeah. And so I think that was the hardest thing, but also the biggest gift. All right, we're going to take a break and talk about my new favorite topic, and that is vaginal health. (laughs) But honestly, I think it's such a shame that women just suffer in silence about it. Why suffer in silence when there is fantastic solutions available to you that actually work. And I'm talking about PhD feminine health, fantastic, fantastic products. They're holistic solutions to some of the issues that we deal with that can really affect our confidence. And, you know, I think we've all been there because the minute that we get real and start talking about it is when we're like, oh my God, really? You deal with that too? There's so many things that can affect our vaginal health. There's no reason to feel shame about it. But PhD Feminine Health has amazing holistic solutions for all of those issues. If you don't know about boric acid, boric acid is fantastic. It's a natural compound found in seawater and it has been recommended by doctors for decades. And PhD is the number one doctor recommended brand of boric acid vaginal suppositories because they work better than any kind of medical grade prescription that you can get. And PhD offers a variety of holistic over-the-counter products, including two new products. It's the PhD boric acid sensitive foam wash the only boric acid foam wash on the market and PhD's boric acid moisturizing suppositories. And they're both available on Amazon and Target. So PhD believes that vaginal care is crucial to your overall well-being. Register now at phdfemininehealth.com slash win to receive a free summer gift basket, which contains cruelty-free deluxe size beauty and lifestyle products, a retail value of over $100, plus a $500 Visa gift card. Go to phdfemininehealth.com slash win and also get 20% off all products right now when you use my code loveme at phdfemininehealth.com slash win. And let's get back to the show. I can totally see that because when you when you kind of blow up your world yeah. and everything that you thought it was, you know, gonna be or what it looked like. And then the next thing you know, it's like all of that's just poof gone. It, it's like, it is that, yeah, I totally get that. It's, that was a very terrifying thing because I remember thinking for the longest time, like, I don't know what I would do if I woke up tomorrow and just like wasn't with Tom. And like, that, that that's just like the scariest thought yeah. I could possibly, you know, have. What was the hardest thing for you? That was yeah, starting over. Yeah. Just being alone. That that yeah. that scared me because being, you know, with somebody for that long of time, just not having that anymore. It's it it's it's so unfamiliar. It's so uncomfortable. It's it's outside the comfort zone that it's just that's hard for me. Cause it if it was so safe and comfortable, but that's exactly kind of what the problem was, I that's, think. Yeah. But once once I made that decision, I felt like such a sense of like kind of relief and I could breathe and the weight that was on my chest was lifted and all of a sudden all the things that scared me excited me. Yes. It was it felt like a gift. I was like, Oh my gosh, I need to embrace these things. I need to look forward to these things and be optimistic about these things. It's almost like surrendering yourself for the first time and just like trusting the process, God or universe or whatever it is that people believe in, just letting, just trusting in that and just being able to not so hyper-focus on the little things that Mm -hmm. we used to be so obsessed over, right? Yeah. Getting out of my own way and just trusting my gut and my intuition, the things that were guiding me and leading me to the that place that I knew I needed to go, that dark place I knew I needed yeah. to go, just trusting myself to get there and see it through. Whew. But don't you think it was so important for you to get to that dark place? Like I know some people that whether it be a divorce or like a, a tragic situation or some loss, whether it be a family member, they they don't go through that grieving process. They don't want to feel those negative and sad feelings. So 
they, I don't know, they distract themselves, whether it be working too much, like overworking or partying or drinking or whatever that distraction looks like for them. I think it's so important for people to kind of cut off all those distractions and just kind of go through it. Like I had to go through it for about a year. Mm -hmm. Now I'm partying. Now I'm having fun. (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, I, yeah, I went through it for like, like three months, four, three, yeah, three, four months before I even said anything to Tom and, and it's almost like I had to do that to allow myself to to grieve and go through the the emotional process solo, but before I could go to him because I knew it was going to be another emotional tidal wave, and I needed to get to a place where I felt like I had some strength. Yeah, and <laughs> because that yeah brought that on again. So uh, you know, but it it, it it was so important to to finally face. It was like a voice was like, "Do not look away. You're not." you're not getting it out out of it this time like you need to you need to do this yeah I mean when I look back on I'm just like wow like really just proud of myself Mm -hmm. for pushing through and just having that mental just like drive to go through it I think a lot of people and myself included when I was married and I was judging people that were getting divorced I always thought, thought like, oh, that's the easier way out. But now that I know I'm on the other side, no, it's actually the opposite. Trying to get out of a situation that could be comfortable or even though you're unhappy, you could still be comfortable. That's actually easier to stay in that versus like having to really push and fight your way out. Like that's so, so hard, right? Because mm-hmm. you're going outside of your comfort zone of what you know. And yeah, but I always tell people, once you get through that, and you get to the other side, it's it's so beautiful and truly won't know happiness until you go through that. <laughs> it's bliss. It is bliss. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah. And then sometimes I feel not bad, not guilty, but just feels like I don't I don't know what the word is saying that, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shame myself. Yeah. For, for, for or that. like feel guilty of feeling this way, right? It, yeah, because I deserve to feel this way. Yeah. I I do deserve it because I, I feel like I was doling my shine for so long and holding myself back and I don't I can't do that anymore yeah agreed you know I did feel guilty too in the beginning I was like Mm -hmm. why do I feel so happy like is this okay for me to feel happy and then once you get over that you're just like okay I deserve this I I deserve to feel like this I am worthy of feeling happy and free and like my the best version of myself if you live your life in that way, like things will fall into place, right? Mm-hmm. And opportunities will arise. You'll meet the right people. You'll just, just things just open up for you if you're in a good, happy mental state. Yeah, I yeah. agree with that. How do you feel about when people say, do you feel like you failed? I've actually have never been asked that question, but I always say failing forward. Yes, the marriage obviously dissolved and, the marriage in itself did fail, but did I fail as a person? No, because I came out of it stronger, better, more resilient, happier, brighter. So I actually won at the end of the day, but that had to fail in order for me to move forward. So I said, I always say it's it's failing forward. Mm-hmm. You know, every time you take, you know, three steps forward, you're going to take one step back, but you're still propelling forward. And that's all that matters in the trajectory of your life, right? Yeah, because yeah. you're you're gaining life experience and you're learning and you're growing. Yeah, if you're well, if you're not learning, then you're not growing. But because <laughs> <laughs> it's think, happening over and over well, again. Because yeah. I think to stay in that you know comfortable place to to just would be failing yourself. Yeah, you, what what would you be doing for yourself just to avoid your marriage failing or ending or however you want to put it? Would failing yourself yeah and you know every everyone looks at it differently you know I think our generation compared to our parents generation is significantly different like when I talked to my mom about because my mom actually moved in to live with me to help me Mm -hmm. during this time and we were having this conversation actually yesterday she's like in our generation there was no option to get a divorce for women like you just didn't do that because And she's like, it almost helped their generation in a way where 
they had to figure it out. Even though they were miserable, they figured it out. And along the way, they found their happiness, right? And they were like forced to be there. And so that was my mom's. And she's like, for that reason, there just weren't really that many divorces. But then now her looking into our generation and especially her daughter now, she was like, one, you guys do have choice. But two, it's like, you know, you guys just don't, you guys aren't are just not willing to um, suffer like that, like us anymore, right? No. And for her, she's like, I don't know if that's a good or bad thing because <laughs> they pride themselves a little bit on suffering so much and carrying that weight and that burden. But I think she understands that like with our generation, it's all about being able to, to live your best present life and feel good about, you know, the choices that you've made. And so she she's kind of come around to it. But I think every generation, it's going to look different. Every household, yeah. everyone's going to have a different story. But yeah, I, I just knew I had to make that decision for myself and my kids. So I think it's extremely empowering to be able to take your life into your own hands in that way. And yeah, and to say like, no, I'm going to start over. And, and listen, I feel like mid thirties is the new, like early thirties. <laughs> More like mid twenties. <laughs> mid twenties. Well, listen, mid twenties. I don't know if I would go that far I, I would never go back that no, far. No, because yeah. that, that was a time because now it's, you know, we have more, you know, financial stability. We have like, it's, it is a time to, to be where we are now. I think better, better than when we were in our twenties and single, that was tragic. I was just thinking that you know? too, like how awesome is it that I am single now in my thirties where I'm financially independent, where for me personally, I have kids. So I'm like, I don't have to worry about that. Cause I've always wanted kids. So don't have to worry about kids don't really need anything from a man anymore at this point. And if I were to be divorced and single in my 20s, it would look entirely different, right? Entirely mm -hmm. different. So I just feel so grateful and lucky that in my mid, I can't really say mid 30s anymore because I'm 37 now, not 35, 36. So in my mid late thirties, I refuse to say late thirties too, because no, 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 no. But yeah, I, I just feel really grateful that I have the ability and the opportunity to start over and start fresh and not have an agenda with anyone. Exactly, right? Whatever, whatever you want to do or not do is totally on your own yes. terms. Yeah, yes. And so I don't know what age bracket your listeners are, but. I would say like, because I have a lot of listeners that are the same age as me and a lot of them are freaking out because they haven't had kids yet or they're not married yet. And I'm like, you're probably in the best situation, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Because in my opinion, if you could have kids later on and if you can have your marriage later on, I think it serves you better sometimes. Yeah. And so you guys are not late. You guys are probably actually early because- Maybe you won't have to go through what we went through, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know. I agree. Going back to what was I was saying about failure, my friend Ariana shared something with me and it was through something that Rachel Cargill posted, but it was from someone, I think it was like, the, it says the bright wanderer. And it's kind of like rework the, the framework around success and what that looks like. Because they, they basically what it says is I think a lot about how we as a culture have turned forever into the only acceptable definition of success. Mm. And that just like spoke directly to everything that I've been thinking and feeling because we kind of really do, we have really thought about success as being something that is just lasting and forever, whether it's career, friendship, marriage, all of that. Like we don't get to just pick something new yeah. or start something over. And if something does end, we decide to switch gears on something, then we've failed on it. Yeah. And whether it is a marriage coming to an end, it doesn't mean we failed at it. It just no. means that it was, it's time. And even when it comes to, you know, career, I think that's also something that I've struggled with too, mm -hmm. because I don't think I want to do anything long-term. And you've been in the because you start off as a as a what do we call it digital influencer is, yeah. that, is that the appropriate I mean, term? There, was an, there was even 
the word influencer didn't exist when yeah. I started. So. Yeah. I was more of like a blogger slash YouTuber. Blogger. That's, that was the ago. term. Yeah. Blogger. And that's, but like with the way social media and the internet and all that has sort of turned or changed and pivoted, you've had to like sort of pivot and change mm-hmm. along with it. And the pressures of all that. Do you feel like the pressure of that? Were you, yeah. you're like, I gotta, I gotta get on every single platform. You gotta get on the TikTok and you gotta get on the, the YouTube. Yeah. I mean, I, I think this kind of goes back to what you were saying about forever. And that's one thing that I've adopted early on, especially in my career is that nothing is forever. And even social media platforms, we all know that it comes and goes, it comes in waves, another app pops up. And I always say, evolving is probably the most appropriate word with the society that we live in and with everything that's popping up here and there, you have to evolve, right? You have to evolve as a creator. You have to evolve as a person, as a human, Mm -hmm. as a wife, as like you have to evolve or you're going to die. Anything in life, if you don't evolve, you will die. And so I think that has always been kind of my life model. Obviously, when it came to my marriage, I was a little bit more stubborn because I really, 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 really wanted it to work. And it took me a lot longer to evolve into the person that I wanted or that I actually was. But yeah, you have to evolve or life will pass you by. Social media, you know, other people will pass you by. I think about when I started my career 15 years ago, I was in college and I it literally feels like I started it yesterday. And that's how fast time and that's a scary mm-hmm. thing about time. It goes by oh my God. in a blink of an eye. When you're in it, it doesn't feel like that. You feel like you have forever. But when you look back and I, I'm like, oh my God, I was a kid. And I was like, everyone was talking about these bloggers. Blogs don't even freaking exist anymore. Now it's about TikTokers, right? Yes, I am on TikTok. I have evolved into that. (laughs) But the people that are coming out of TikTok right now are kids when they're younger than me when I first started, right? And so you just see how fast everything goes. Yeah. And it just... It just makes you realize that you have to, one, evolve, but two, also just be so present and enjoy what you have in front of you. Yes. And that's something that I didn't know early on in my career. I just wanted more, 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 not regretting that I worked so much to get to where I'm at, but I don't ever remember actually being grateful and actually enjoying building my career. I enjoy it now more than ever because I'm like, this is amazing. I've I've learned to appreciate what I built. But when I was in it, I was just like in go mode. And not that I was ungrateful, but I didn't realize what I had in front of me. And so I hope that creators that listen to this or that are starting off, I hope that they like really value what they have in front of them because it just happens so fast. And even with marriage, tying back to like the whole forever thing, I think people will come into your lives and this is a little harder it was harder for me to grasp with marriage because we all assume and think and have been taught that marriage should be forever, right? Yeah. And so when something doesn't last, quote unquote, forever, you think that you failed. But what I've learned is that everything, every opportunity, every person, it doesn't matter who it is, they come into your life and they have a purpose. They have a reason to be there and they serve that. If they serve that purpose, then they've done their job, right? Mm-hmm. And you can't get mad at them for that. And that's honestly one of the reasons why I've been able to really heal from my divorce is because even though the marriage dissolved and it didn't work out, like I think about like the past 13 years, right? And some of those wonderful moments that we've had. And I think about kind of how we've helped each other out along the way. And I'm like, we both needed each other at the time, right? We both needed that at the time. And of course, how do you go from like loving someone to all of a sudden hating them? Yes, you have that. But if you kind of forget about that part and just really think about how wonderful it was in in the beginning and that probably served the purpose it needed to at the time, then you kind of have to let go of all the, the negative things that happened at the end, right? Yeah. And it doesn't mean that something has to be forever. So I'm, I'm learning to accept that as well. It's like, nothing is forever. Nothing, no. Yeah. I like, mean, we hope that it will, that, that, and it sometimes does work out that way. But, you know, even life, life isn't forever. We all die, yeah, right? No, yeah. The, there's, there's no guarantees. The only thing that's guaranteed is death yeah. and change. Exactly. 
nothing's forever. Yeah. So you just, you know, if you have that idea and that kind of mentality, not that you'll never get hurt, not that life won't be hard, but things feel a little lighter. It just feels like, okay, like this is part of my journey of mm-hmm. what I what I'm supposed to go through. This is part like this was destined for me to meet this person and they serve their purpose. And now I'm moving on to my next journey, whatever that looks like. Yeah. So, Do you think you'll ever get married again? Oh gosh. <laughs> no. I have this conversation with my mom all the time. I know someone I, asked me that recently. I'm like, oh girl. I think mm. it's too early to say. I've yeah. learned to never make decisions or never to say <laughs> never, right? Because usually those people will end up doing the opposite. Yeah. But I personally don't have any want or ambition to get married again I think I would be very satisfied with a life partner Mm -hmm. I think relationships and partnerships are a beautiful thing marriage can also be a very beautiful thing but if you really think about what comes from a marriage unless you know whatever it is that you want from it whether it's like the paperwork or whatnot you could still get the beauty of what you get from a marriage in a strong yeah. relationship a partnership right and so that's what I'm hoping for is just eventually finding a great partner mm-hmm. will we ever get married I personally don't think so as of now but who knows if I really love this person and this person really wants to then you know I might change my <laughs> mind so how about you someone just asked me that recently and I was like I like literally froze I was like dude I, I'm not even divorced but I you know but honestly I just at this moment in time, my answer would probably be no. Yeah. Just because it's just going through this and having to, it, mm, it's, yeah. too, it's too much. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. Mm. But you and I are both like kind of coming out of the thick of it right now. Yeah. And so I would like to have this conversation again in <laughs> about a year to see yeah. where we're at. <laughs> no, it's way, it's way too soon. But the, I just, I was, I was just curious to see what your reaction would be because mine was very, I, I feel like, like I'm about the same with you. I, I as of yeah. now, no, but like I'm no. open, right? If something happens and, but now I know that marriage is what we want it to be. Mm-hmm with paperwork involved yeah it's amazing I, I i loved it i loved being married it was it was great but like it's to to go through this and i i could never put myself or anyone else through this again so yeah i mean i i think kids i mean i'm definitely going to be educating my kids on kind of the legal aspects of what goes into a marriage mm-hmm. this is stuff that we never learned that i never knew mm-hmm and now we're paying for it, you know? And so I think this is education that hopefully the next generation will know more than us before getting into marriage and making smarter choices. And for me, it's all about that. It's all about taking my life lessons and really trying to just empower my kids, but also their generation of how to just make better choices and how to live a better life. And so if I had to go through that to like, teach them that then I'll go through it again I mean hopefully not but (laughs) (laughs) I want to ask you real quickly about Fleur because I'm I'm obsessed with perfume this is totally 180 switching gears but I'm obsessed with perfume I'm obsessed with smelling good and you're killing it right now like selling out online and selling out in Sephora and everything so did we send you any no, I bought some though. Oh, girl. I bought, I bought, I have it on. I'm, it's the, I'm not your baby. It's ah. amazing. But you came out this one called Missing Person, which is such, it's like, it's such a great like concept and Do idea. Do you have Missing so, Person? No, it's sold out everywhere. Okay. I actually uh, have one in my car for no. you. I have the travel size. I literally <laughs> brought it to give it to you because I was like, she probably didn't get one because it's sold out everywhere. Totally so <laughs> no, 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 I'm going to go to my car after this and get it for you. But, but I, I read somewhere that you, the idea of, of the, this perfume was because you were, <laughs> I don't want to say you're like sad or something, but yeah, because you were alone or you said you were waking up alone in bed and you just wanted to like not feel alone because it smells yeah. like someone like skin on a person. And yeah. it's just, so people are, 
using hashtag sad girl vibes. <laughs> <laughs> but I like it. Which is so relatable. And I obviously didn't create it for people to feel more sad. But I did create uh, Missing Person. That was my very first fragrance for Fleur once I acquired the company. Because, and all of fragrances, all the fragrances in Fleur now have some sort of story or meaning behind it. And for me, where I was at in my life at that time when developing this fragrance was... I just felt this huge void waking up in the morning because as you know, when you've been in a relationship for 12, 13 years, you're just, you just become so used to having someone next to you, waking up next to you, right? And so the hardest part for me was waking up and having an empty bed mm-hmm. and just like wanting to feel like the warmth of someone's skin and just like that scent of like belonging, right? And so... I kept thinking like, how do I bottle this this feeling up? How do I bottle up this feeling of not quote unquote loneliness, but but this feeling of longing and nostalgia where you just smell your pillowcase and you remember like the wonderful memories or something that you guys did together and just that moment in time that kind of takes you back or like a smell of like your lover's uh, t-shirt that he left behind, whatever that is. And so it was, we developed it and it's a skin musk and skin musks are really unique in a sense where it really melts into the skin and it's a different experience for every person because everyone has, you know, different skin types and different temperatures. And, you know, so what's interesting now is that when people spray missing person, the people that were able to get their hands on one, they all have a different experience, but it's always nostalgic, but I've seen videos of people crying because they said that it, it reminds them of this moment in time with their grandma that is no longer here anymore or their sister when they were growing up. And that was not planned. Like I, I could not have planned that to happen. I was just sharing my own wants and needs of a moment in time and figuring out how that smelled and putting that out to the world. And it went viral on TikTok and Everyone was kind of sharing their own. It it just opened up. It became therapy for people. It allowed them to share something that they missed. And it just became a community online where people were just like cheering people on of like Mm -hmm. moving on from a breakup or like being sad with someone because someone in their family passed away. And it became so much more than the scent in itself, even though the scent is beautiful and lovely. And I think that's, the first and foremost important thing when you're selling fragrance, it has to smell amazing, but it smells amazing on everyone. It's a clean scent. It, I don't know, there's something so calming and soothing about it. And yeah, I'm just excited for you to try it. (laughs) I mean, I I just love like the whole, just everything, the story concept, everything behind that. I think again, just sense and scent memory and the attachment we have to those things are just, unique and special. Scent so. memories is a real thing. Yeah. Like I actually healed. And the reason why I acquired Fleur with my business partner, because I don't really consider myself a fragrance girl. I've always been a fashion girl, but I've never like been reviewing fragrances. But it was during when I was going through that period of my life, I used scent to actually heal me. I would be able to foresee myself in the future through certain scents being happy and joyful, feeling sexy again, feeling confident. And I would spray these things and I would actually close my eyes and envision myself doing certain things with these scents. And it would it became a ritual for me. You manifested it. And I manifested it. And I feel like the life that I live now and, you know, who I am now, it really derived from me visualizing through scent. And that's why scent is something that I believe is so powerful. Mm-hmm. And that's why I just love Fleur so much. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, you guys sign up for the wait list. There's like how well, many, we have a lot of other thousand fra- <laughs> Yeah, there's other ones too. There's but other yeah. amazing fragrances, but for missing person, we are doing a big drop in June. Okay. Which hopefully will cover the wait list. We have around <laughs> two hundred thousand people on that wait list, which is insane. And so, yeah, just go to Fleur.com and I'm going to get you like every scent that we have. Because <laughs> well, now I have, that I know that you're a scent girl. Yeah. Oh, yes. A fragrance girl. I have the um, I'm Not Your Baby, which I like. I'm wearing it. It's very nice. It's very like 
vanilla, but powder. It's, yeah. it's, I love it. I know. It's like a girly, sexy It's scent. very girly. Yeah. 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 I end this with the rage text of the day, which I don't know if you ever sent a rage text. You don't strike me as a type that do. No. But if you were ever to send a rage text, it doesn't have to be to a person. But today, if there's anything or any one place, an object that is upsetting you, what would you say? Oh, actually, I did a rage TikTok the other day, yesterday. <laughs> what was it? It's because, and I don't know when this this um, episode is going to air, but it's, you know, we're going through Roe versus Wade right now. And oh, yeah. it's um, incredibly just upsetting. And it's angered me to the point where I'm just like making these crazy videos on TikTok. But my rage text would literally be the one that I just made on TikTok. And that would be, go get a vasectomy. <laughs> literally, it's cheaper than anything else yeah and also reversible so. reversible mm-hmm. and if men are trying to make decisions on women's body if you look at kind of the percentages the pregnancy rate wouldn't be as high if men went to go get vasectomies but men obviously have a problem not all men you know we we love the men that support women I think it's the idea and I don't want to sound like a men hater like I I have a lot of guy friends too that are so supportive but I, I think regulating a man's body feel makes a lot of people feel very uncomfortable having those conversations. So yeah, I, I've been kind of going hard on that topic lately. So it would be go get a vasectomy. I love it. Go get a vasectomy. Anyways, well, thank you so much for being here. It was so nice to talk to you. I feel like I feel like this was some therapy. And I feel oh. like a lot of people listening to because I know I know so many people have reached out that are, you know, in the same boat or they're they're trying to also find strength and and to go to go there and go to that dark place and get out of their own way i mean you won't be in the dark place forever you just gotta commit to it go through it and you'll 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 find a happy place soon so well thank you again and to everyone else until next time i love you Bye. bye Thank you so much for listening. Please make sure to subscribe, leave a rating and review, follow along on social at Music Kills Kate, and tune in next week for an all new episode. <laughs>